Welcome to Kirti Kundalini Podcast, where we discuss spiritual insights, tips, and tools for exalted living. Now, let me just preface by saying that I am not a doctor, nor am I qualified really in any way to be giving you advice, medical or otherwise, but I'm here to share a candid discussion about my own journey through trauma recovery and emotional energetic healing. On this podcast, I'll be sharing with you an ideological perspective guided by my own interpreted inspirations. What is she talking about? Tune in, you'll find out. These inspirations have and continue to give me relief from suffering and the tools to live a life I love. My name is Leah Gibson. Welcome. Hey guys, welcome back to Kirti Kundalini Podcast. This is episode four, technically 4.1. So this is the first segment of the fourth episode in this podcast episode. I am so excited and I have so much information that is jam-packed into this segment because it's a topic that is, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's one of the topics that I am so incredibly passionate about that has been a really important theme in my personal journey and my spiritual evolution and the healing that I have experienced and the awakenings that I have experienced around this topic have absolutely transformed my life. Like I I, I can't wait to to jump into this and share these ideas with you. Okay, but I have to just start this episode by telling you, you guys, I really get into it. There is so much information in this in this segment. And it might be a little much, but I I just want to share with you right now before we jump in, my intention and my purpose behind sharing this information with you. This, as I say, is something that I have been able to awaken to within myself and in my understanding of how we relate as humans. And it's allowed me to transition a great deal of difficulty into, I'll say my favorite word, exaltation. So while you're listening to some of this information, it might seem a little bit out there. It might seem a little bit overly detailed, but it's, again, it's me speaking in metaphor from the information that I receive as energetic downloads and visual metaphors from the higher energetic guides that I work with in explaining the way that we relate. This is before I've even introduced you to the topic. <laughs> So the topic that this episode is devoted to is on attachment, the way we relate to others. Again, there's tons of information in here, but I'm going to explain all of it as best as I can in this first segment, in the second counterpart to this fourth episode. So in counterpart 4.2, I'm going to recap on some of this information and then guide you as always through a meditative tool in support of this insight. Oh, this is a big one. I'm super excited. Thanks for being here. And so this podcast episode's content is on a theme that I've really been looking forward to speaking about in greater detail. In many ways, it feels very deeply personal to me because thematically it represents a certain trajectory of 
karmic healing for me that has manifested in a repetitious cycle of, as I've termed it before, the same play with different characters, right? This is how we do experience and heal our karmic cycles, which do represent timelines. And so as we heal our karmic cycles, which we can only do through bringing what is subconsciously in the dark to the light of our conscious awareness, elucidating it in the divine light of who and what we really are, recognizing the patterns that we've been engaging in that separate us from true connection to source in all ways, we're able to dissolve our patterns and habits and align them consciously in ways that service the highest good by supporting our authentic self-expression in ways that connect our stream of life force energy to all others. And so the lessons are almost always, I would actually say always, going to be challenging us against, drumroll please, attachment. Here we are, spiritual energetic beings having a human experience in a physical form that is temporary. And we're here to expand ourselves energetically, be all that we are, and journey. Karmic cycles are something I will perhaps speak about at a later time, but I can segue into the fact that many of my karmic lessons in this incarnation have been themed around attachment to individuals, which is something that I was in many ways primed to approach and encounter and confront, being that I entered this life as a twin. <laughs> so sharing relationship with an individual before I even took my first breath in a very intimate manner. I will speak candidly when I do share with you in a, in a few minutes my personal story of my experiences struggling with attachment, but to put it lightly, I have struggled with what I now call ubiquitously attachment sickness, because it does feel like a sickness. I have struggled with attachment sickness, most specifically to romantic partners throughout my life, for as long as I've been engaging in romantic partnerships. And it's been brought to my attention recently that this is a very, very, very common experience for us as humans. And I am so passionate about talking about this and the insights that have been taught to me and channeled through me from the guides, because I now live my life on a daily basis with a sensation of liberation that does not for one single day evade me with how good it feels because the bad days were so hard like I've shared before and much of the deepest pain of my most difficult periods of time were I say this wholeheartedly centered around attachment sickness and so this brings me to the topic of this episode's content on attachment sickness. I would like to dissolve the word sickness 
to just call it attachment, which is what it is because sickness can sound bad or scary or something we don't want. But I do want us to be able to recognize that feeling the physical symptoms of what I'm about to explain for me have been so acute and so uncomfortable, which is putting it lightly. It feels like an emotional flu. And my revelations around these sensations and understanding the theme, the causes, and most importantly, the healing and the techniques and the mechanisms of relief have changed my life, truly. And I am at the point where I am able to recognize now not only the supportive patterns and habits of healthy relating, but also my natural intrinsic inclinations to experience the discomforts of these symptoms. And I'm able to retract myself with some of the techniques I will share with you in this episode very, very quickly, restoring myself to that deep, beautiful, expansive, true state and healthy, vibrant well-being. If you or anyone you know is struggling with a breakup, maybe that is quite new, maybe that is two and a half years behind you, if you're feeling deeply discomforted in toxic relating within a relationship, whether that be romantic or friendship or work oriented, if you're feeling in a state of agitation related to the way you relate to others, this episode is devoted to you. I've been through it. I have found relief. You are in the right place. Listen up. Some of the answers might be here. There is so much information that has come through for me from the guides about this particular topic. I have broken it down into probably five different categories, the information segment alone, and I'm just going to dive right in. So bear with me. I'm really excited about this information. As always, with the particular teachings from the guides that I receive, they teach via To me, it's always received in visuals. They teach through visuals with an energetic transmission that allows me to understand the particularities of the visuals as I define them with words. And as I describe the visuals, if it's too much for you to try to comprehend in actuality, I invite you always with these teachings to try to consider it as simply a metaphor for how we work. So that being said, just to jump into the topic right away, what exactly is attachment sickness as I've described it? I'll just simply state it as being the experience of an emotional unwellness with regards to how we relate to another. More specifically, it is, as I've termed it, as I've described it, it feels a bit like having an emotional flu. I feel physical sensations in my body, but it's an emotional quality. I feel like I'm being drained of energy. I feel on edge. I feel oftentimes a high level of anxiety. My sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response, can be triggered. Essentially, it feels like being slightly triggered in a bit of a chronic fashion. And most importantly, what the guides would like me to point out about this is that our full attention and focus feels hijacked. This is very important to consider. Our full attention and focus feels a little hijacked. It's not fully with us. 
we are remaining tied with our focus and attention related to another individual, for instance. While the physical, energetic, emotional sensations of attachment sickness can be experienced in relation to different types of relationship, in my experience, they're most acutely felt in romantic relationships. So that's mostly what I'm going to be speaking of today for the sake of this episode. And I would also like to point out the fact that most experiences of longing for someone from the past, a heartbreak, quote unquote, that we may feel we are not over, or we may be speaking to friends that speak with a longing for someone from the past, not being able to get over an ex-lover, the one that got away, all of this type of language. In my understanding of it, these are experiences of attachment sickness. I want to point out something really important here. We can often feel the longing and the painful sensations of attachment sickness in the form of the idea of a heartbreak. You know, if only, if only, if only I were still with this person, if only I were still with this person, we can be longing for the person. That sensation of longing, of heartbreak, these sensations are all very much a part of the human experience too experience sensations of heartbreak and heartache and transitioning out of the terms of romantic relationship especially. But when these carry on in a prolonged fashion, and either we ourselves or loved ones that we have, friends and family, can experience symptoms of attachment sickness that last sometimes for years. Of course, they're not calling it attachment sickness. They may be lamenting and seemingly romanticizing this individual in their past that was the perfect one and if only things had been different sometimes they can even be holding out and protecting themselves from opening up to someone new holding on to the idealizations of this person from the past but i need to point out that when we are in the state these sensations of attachment sickness which is deeply uncomfortable there's much more going on here than really has anything at all to do with quote unquote, the one that got away. The one that got away is an idea. And it's an idea that is functioning as a form of resistance from doing our own self-liberating work in spiritual evolution. I am wholeheartedly committed to examining these ideas and understanding the true energetic nature of what's actually going on for the sake of our own emotional energetic healing, for the sake of our own soulful liberation. I have to admit that one of my greatest pet peeves of all time is actually the phrase, time heals all wounds. I hate that. I hate that idea. And if someone says that to me, I feel like turning to them and saying, do you know how painful five minutes can be? We don't often feel like we have time when we're in pain that way. I want to understand what's going on and I want to understand how to transition out of it. It's never to bypass. It's never to sidestep. It's about exercising techniques and mechanisms for shifting gears when we're ready and going into the lesson and alchemizing the energy to our own soulful liberation. That's what I'm here to do and that's what I'm here to talk about. So that being said, the next time that you are with a loved one or that you might experience yourself lamenting or longing for someone or something from the past, I gently invite you to consider that your focus and attention is remaining somewhere behind you and it's not fully with you in the moment to create consciously anew. You're therefore consecrating your own resistance against your soulful liberation. Attachment sickness is this. 
It is not about creating specialization over an individual or a relationship. All of our experiences will be very unique from individual to individual, but specialness is a lie. Divine love is available in any moment, and it has nothing to do with pain. We can idealize and seek for coveting the love of the one in the past simply as the idea of a cure for our momentary state of discomfort. Or we can do the emotional, energetic, alchemizing, transitional work and liberate ourselves now to open ourselves again. That being said, here's what's actually going on. We are energetic beings that live many, many different incarnations in the physical form, in varying forms. The purpose for incarnation into the physical form of a human life is to expand ourselves in authentic self-expression in ways that service the highest good and contribute to the well-being of all, in ways that are particular to us, in ways that are specific to us, in ways that are individualized to us. Our soul, our higher energetic self, is shown to me as a signature frequency vibration. I've spoken on this before. It is a particular shade, a hue, a color, a sound frequency, a current. It is a particular compilation as a genetic blueprint code of frequency that is precisely you, as has been compiled through all of the history of your soul's trajectory through all of the ages. That being said, when it enters the physical form of human incarnation, it embodies the human animal. There are varying levels of our energetic system that relate the soul body to the physical form. We're so used to relating to one another from a physical basis, from a physical identification. The soul body is a frequency that temporarily fills, embodies the physical system. That being said, what is shown to me is a particular form of our energetic system called the plasma body. As it's shown to me, the plasma body is an energetic extension of who we are that serves as a carrier and it serves as a bonding agent. It carriers and bonds and interrelates our soul with the physical system. This can be termed different names. It can be perceived in different ways, in different ages, in different studies. This is just how the guides are showing it to me, explaining it to me. Our plasma body is invisible to the naked eye, and yet it has very particular qualities as it serves as a vehicular carrier, a bonding agent, a type of extendable glue, if you will. It is viscous in nature. It is not the light body. It is energetic, of course. They're showing me it has the consistence of viscosity. It functions more as a type of fluid than it does light. It is not autonomously minded. It does not think for itself. Its intelligence is its composition in being subservient to our energetic body of the soul, an emotional energetic system in the physical form. In particular, I will say that it does not extend itself by choosing to. It extends itself as directed by the total organism's frequency. It is extended from likeness to likeness. It operates via magnetism in this way. The guides are showing me in particular the relevance to this point being that as our soul incarnates into the physical system and as its primary purpose 
in the physical form, in this individual incarnation, in every incarnation, is to authentically self-express as a constant current of the continuous self. The guides are showing me that our karmic lessons can be in some ways deduced to our resistance against this flow in one way or another. That's a very simplified way of putting it. And yet what they're showing me is that throughout our life experiences of an individual life, we're able to offer our soul a process of evolution by healing and revealing and opening our own resistances against the life that would be designed for us as our destiny through the expansive flow of who and what we really are. As the constant current of the continuous self is the soul body, is the extension of pure source consciousness as is individualized through each of us in being a particular signature frequency, genetic blueprint, thereby being an embodiment of all of the quote unquote information that we might need to deliver our destiny to us and through us. And as they're showing me all which may be in the way between our finite selves and the destined life is our resistances which are learned. Learned ideas of separation from source of that which we really truly are. That being said, redirecting to the nature of the plasma body, what they're showing me is that it is related to our physiological, energetic, emotional imprint the impacts of environmental disruption against the organism they're speaking of trauma trauma being the impact of environment against the system an emotionally energetically disruptive experience of the soul system in the physical form in environment often often always related to others that created disruption in the system which is not able to be released in the moment and so there becomes a physiological wiring a patterning of the energy in the system of aggravation and most importantly there becomes an interpretation of the event to deliver a belief that somehow creates the idea of separation from self and source why this is important in the way the plasma body works is because as they're showing me, the plasma body does not think for itself. It simply responds to the energy of the organism. And they're showing me these environmental impacts of trauma on our physiological system as source wounds in the organism that function as the sites of extension for the ectoplasmic body. These traumatic experiences create an impact in the system create a physiological impression, which create an energetic frequency to vibrate in a particular fashion. As like attracts alike, we then draw to ourselves the people, places, and exact situations which replicate this frequency, which vibrate in this frequency. Plasma body, whose only function and pure intelligence is to serve as a vehicular carrier from the soul system in the physical form and from the total organism bonding with other. It extends from this trauma imprint to other in this precise experience, to other in this precise energetic vibration. These plasmic extensions then serve as relay pathways of energy between other to self. Depending on the energetic nature of the quality of the relationship, these pathways can be relay stations of love, nurturing, healing, or they can be relay pathways of anger, pain, and aggravation. Divine love, any belief which has been imprinted, a learned interpretation of environment, of the world, that we 
believe we may be separate from source, from from life force energy, from true abundance, from true peace. These beliefs must be encountered. They must be faced. They must be opened and released and healed. And we will continue to draw the people, places, circumstances, and situations which replicate the precise vibration of these beliefs, the physiological impact in our system, to be able to heal them and open ourselves to divine love. As we draw our source, as we draw our vitality, as we draw our experience and identification of well-being from our divinity, and we become a pathway of this expansive, effortless flow, all of our relationships become extensions of our true nature as we live in the constant state of divine love. while that might all sound very pleasant or it might it might trigger you a bit i'm not sure it might sound a little hippy dippy woo woo the idea that the guides are sharing with me is one of observing an ecosystem in nature to observe an ecosystem to observe nature to really witness and experience the flux the breath within a forest setting the symbiotic relationships the symbiotic relationships which exist in multitude in myriad ways in infinite ways in many ways The guides are offering that as a metaphor, as an idea, as a comparative idea for what they're teaching. And so if the purpose for incarnating into the physical form of a human organism as an energetic being is to open ourselves against all resistances and become the conduit, the constant current of the continuous self moving through us, that is to be an idea to be practiced in every area of our lives, relationships most especially, relationships of all forms in this way. And the idea that they're showing me is one that we may consider not to take from a human, not that we may need from another. Our needs are to connect. That is the soul's need. It is to connect and express and expand authentically. But the idea that they're teaching me is one on resisting nothing insofar as authentic self-expression is concerned and seeking nothing, coveting nothing from another in the form of greed, in the form of seeking focus and attention. This is not a commentary on parenting in any way or early childhood development, it is an idea to consider in adult relationships as we experience and confront and release and open those earlier impressions, which are invariably carried within each and every single one of us, regardless of the specifics of our early childhood. Through lifting our beliefs, our ideas of self-separation from source, from divine law, from the effortless expansion of abundance, which runs through all things, and to open to that and allow every relationship that we engage in, that we relate with, to be an expression of our authentic signature self, as we might experience, witness, observe a plant in the forest, for instance, moving with breath in perfect symbiosis with its surroundings, with its environment. At a later time, I will devote one of these podcast episodes to the topic of energy harvesting, which is what the guides refer to in seeking and coveting focus and attention from another. When we become open to our own divinity and receiving that as the love and becoming the conduit of that in all of our expressions, in all of our relationships. We attune ourselves to the destiny path that is ours in many ways. And so specifically with regards to the discomfort, the symptoms of attachment sickness, which have been discussed, the pain, the longing, the physical sensations, the emotional flu, which I have suggested, these can be understood as and interpreted to be the guide 
guidance and information available to us, an opportunity to redirect ourselves if we are willing, if we are courageous enough, simply if we choose to surface the belief which has been imprinted, the belief which has been retained, providing us an idea of separation from the effortless wellness of the divine. I will be sharing with you specific techniques which allow the plasmic disengagement of these bonding cords. As we disengage from other, we are able to witness them neutrally as they are, not as we might wish for them to be. And healing our ideas of lack, healing our fear, allows for us to perceive them and love them divinely as they really truly are, not as a tool made manifest through the confusion of our own projections. As we are whole, as we are, as extensions of pure source consciousness, we need nothing from anyone. And we are able to witness, open, and receive all others, understanding that their patterns and habits and forms of relating have been the result of an evolution of their relationship to environment, that they've just been coping as we have been. And so it's time for me to get a little bit personal with you regarding this material. I'm going to share with you some of my past struggles with attachment sickness. Oh boy. So I'd like to just first clarify the fact that it's been taught to me. There are essentially two different types of the experience of attachment sickness in the way that we've been discussing. The first is something that can be experienced when we are energetically bonded with someone and the emotional quality shifts. Okay, so that's a polite way of saying someone gets really upset and all of a sudden the energetic transmission, the nonverbal transmission of energy between the two beings is emitted from at least one of the parties in a way that is far less than loving. And this is not to say that, of course, we are emotional energetic beings and our emotions shift, but I'm talking specifically about at least one of the party of two directing intense upset, whether anger or a variation of, of anger, of upset, being directed, energetically targeted at the other. And this other will receive that message. This other will receive that toxic electricity through the pipelines of the plasmic courting. I have been on the other end of that. I'm sure many, I'm sure all of us have been. My sensations regarding this experience have been so acute. This is how any form of bullying is particularly potent, is particularly disruptive to the total organism of the individual being targeted, especially if it's coming from some form of a collective. I will speak on one professional relationship. It was a professional and personal relationship, though it was not of a romantic context in any way, but a very close relationship with another individual that was based on a tremendous amount of vulnerability and trust that turned through a course of events. There became a shift in the dynamic of our relating and the sensations of receiving the toxicity of electric fire through the pathways that bonded us were so incredibly painful. And it wasn't until discording from the individual was I able to experience any sort of relief in these particular types of experiences. It feels like, I know this is a dramatic way of describing it, it feels like a 
form of psychic hellfire. It feels like there's heat and aggravation over my shoulder inside my energetic sphere in my dream state. It feels as if it casts a shadow over the way I exist in a day. Everything is darkened by that experience. Discording, releasing the ties to the individual to witness them neutrally without experiencing them energetically has been a savior to me in these situations. The second type of the two forms of attachment sickness is experienced when one of the two individuals bonded pulls away, withdraws their attention and focus of a warmth, vitality, and livelihood being directed to the other and withdraws to themselves. So the one being withdrawn from, I will in parentheses point out that the nature of this relationship, which I'm profiling right now, is one in which the two are sourcing energy from one another as opposed to sourcing from source with a capital S and sharing and celebrating vitality together in collaboration. This particular relationship dynamic that I'm profiling is one in which there's less of a connection to source with a capital S and energy is being drawn from one another, thereby creating a codependency. And in this particular type of relationship dynamic, when one withdraws the energy and attention, the other will experience a deep aggravation, particularly associated with the target wound the initial impact wound of past, of past trauma, of past environmental impact, now serving as the extension site of the plasmic cord. And as the other has been receiving the energy and focus, essentially harvesting energy from the other person in the relationship. And when that is withdrawn, the target wound is aggravated to a great extent. This is how to seek from outside of ourselves the idea of love and healing and vitality and goodness and place it in the idea of another's hands, of another's heart, of another's being, of another's love, rather than opening to receive all of that from the infinite divine that we are. It puts us into a potentially very troubled situation because we are avoiding doing the healing until it is upon us in a very painful way, in a manner in which we can't escape from the deep disruption of being confronted with the past pain. And so when the other pulls away, the individual is left vibrating in the frequency of that source wound. The experience will trigger fight or flight. The experience often takes one to a sensation of an endangerment of their own survival. It's called abandonment. And it's devastating. It's related to a feeling of survival endangerment because usually it's associated with an environmental imprint that was laid at a very young age associated with our primary caregivers, whom we are, of course, dependent upon for our survival, for meeting our survival needs at a very young age. So that being said, these two types of experiences of attachment sickness, either experiencing anger directed at us through the pipelines of communication of the plasmic bonding, or when the other pulls away the energy and focus and attention that we've been identifying as love, and we are starved of it, we experience a starvation of it, thereby aggravating the source wound with which it has been masking our confrontation of. Whew, how are you guys doing? <laughs> 
It's a lot, right? I told you it's a lot. I know it's a lot of information. There are a lot of ideas and they're pretty out there. I hope that some of the ideas I've been speaking about are painting a picture for you that illuminates more of your understanding of yourself and your loved ones and how we relate. Now I'm going to close this first segment of the episode and invite you to join me in the counterpart, episode 4.2, where I will, yes, I will recap on some of the ideas we've been talking about. I will go into a little bit more detail about my personal experiences within these challenges and how I've been able to understand them and ship them energetically alchemize and release myself in a really beautifully liberated lifestyle way of being on a regular basis. So I invite you to meet me in the counterpart again, where I'll recap, I'll get a little bit more personal, and then I will walk you through a powerful, highly effective meditative exercise to transform our relationship within this work. Much love, and I'll see you shortly. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Kirti Kundalini Podcast. If you like what you hear, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to rate and comment on the material on Apple iTunes. This helps support my sole purpose of sharing these teachings into the world as Apple will promote my material based on this type of platform interaction. Additionally, I invite you to share this episode, share this podcast series on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, shout out from the rooftops, tell your friends in whatever way you feel called to do so. Again, it helps me to get these teachings, which are my sole purpose out into the world. And I thank you from my heart. And as always, always, please don't hesitate to be in touch with me with your questions, queries, your thoughts and feelings. I am here for it. You can find me on my platform, kirtikundalini.com. You can sign up for the email list, which is a great way to keep in touch with me. And it's where I will also share all of the opportunities to work with me individually, if this calls to you in any way. Thank you so much for being here. Lots of love. I'll see you soon.